Okay, we're, we're been, we've been doing guardrails for the last couple weeks here. Um, this is number three of guardrails, and, and uh, I encourage you, if, if you, you know, if, come come for the next two weeks. We have two more great uh, messages from the Lord about this. Now today, this message is. Um, I'm looking over the congregation. I got to make sure that most of you. This is going to be a uh, an adult version message. Okay, I'm not going to get graphic. But I am going to talk about the Word of God and what God wants us to do. So if you have a Bible and uh, you want to turn there, take your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 18 through 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to us your life. Speak to us your purpose. Lord, speak to your people. You have great plans for every person in this room and we want to be about your plans. We want to be about what you're doing in our lives. And so, Father, help us to put up these guardrails to protect us and watch over us and help us to live the life that you have for us. We bless you and we thank you. Holy Spirit, now just anoint this message. Let it speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, everybody knows what guardrails are, right? Okay, so when you drive along, there's guardrails there. They're they're there to protect you, correct? When you're driving, sometimes they're right at a dangerous spot, but oftentimes guardrails are a few feet back uh, away from a place. You could think, well, I could probably drive there, but as I told you about what happens is they're there to keep you from going over the edge and to keeping you to fall into an abyss. Now, in our personal lives, in our spiritual lives, we need some guardrails to keep us out of troubled areas because God wants the best for you. Amen? And so we've been talking about that the definition, I, I think I have it. Do I still have the definition of it? Uh, a railing, a guarding, usually against danger, especially a barrier placed along the edge of a highway at dangerous points. Let's hit the next slide. The next one is for us, for this series, is guardrail is a personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. In other words, as you see guardrails as you're driving, when in your personal life you have these guardrails that when you begin to bump up against that guardrail, a warning light goes off in your mind. Your spirit says, I, I, don't, I, I shouldn't be over here. I can't. This is not a good place for me. So you begin to correct your course and you come back into the right place. Does that make sense? So what we're doing is God is helping us. As I told you about this, I've re- I, I, I heard these CDs from Andy Stanley. I'm giving him full credit. These were not original with me. Uh, I just heard these and I thought, these are powerful. We need these today. Especially in a culture that's trying to lead us down the wrong road. Amen? Because culture baits us to the edge of disaster, right? The culture baits us to the edge of disaster. And once we fall or once we go over the edge, they condemn us. And they say, I can't believe you did that. And so God wants us not over the edge. He wants us in a healthy place where we can help people that have gone over the edge. Amen? So this morning, the title of the message is Flee. Okay? Flee. Flee means to do what? Run. I know a lot of times, well, we're Christians, we don't run from anything. Well, the Scriptures are very clear. There are things that you need to run from. And this is one of the areas, okay? Now listen to me, church, because in this culture we live in, this area that we're going to talk about this morning is is probably the most needed, but it's the most neglected area in churches that, we're, that are talked about because we're kind of embarrassed about it. But yet we're, we're bombarded every time you turn on the TV, every time you open a magazine, even the ads in the papers when you walk down the mall. Sometimes I'm embarrassed in the mall. I know some of you think I'm old-timey, but I mean, you know I'm talking about that, that, uh, that women's lingerie store that's in the mall. I have to walk on the other side of it looking the other way because that's a, cause you don't understand sometimes, ladies, what it does to men. I'm looking the other way. In fact, I try to ignore... In fact, I, sometimes I look down, I look away, just because I don't want that image in my mind, because I know what the devil can do with that image. Amen? So we, we live in a sexually charged... I mean, I mean, I watch some of the stuff on TV today, and 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we would have been embarrassed that that kind of trash is on our TV today. 
Hey, I'm going to just be brutally honest with you. There's a lot of trash on TV. Amen? You and I need to put some personal guardrails because we're not going to be able to change that probably. We need some personal guardrails to say, I'm not going to watch that stuff because it's going to degrade me and it's going to make me off in the ditch and I don't want to be in the ditch. Amen? I want to live my life the way God has it. So this is an area that we probably need reinforced titanium guardrails. This is, I mean, you need guardrails in all areas of life, but this is probably the area that we as Christians, you're going to get laughed at, you're going to get mocked at, oh, you're an old fuddy-duddy. I remember people used to laugh at me when I was single. Before I got married, I didn't own a VCR. Remember those things, VCRs? I didn't own a VCR and I didn't have cable. I'm not condemning you because I knew what I would be tempted to do late at night. And I said, I'm not going to have that stuff in my home because I want to keep myself for my future bride. And I, I don't want my mind on that garbage. Now, I do have a VCR. It kind of doesn't work anymore. We have DVD. We have cable. But still, I'm married and I have guardrails and my wife knows my limits. And so she checks me on, on occasion. And so I just want to let you know that you've got to set some guardrails up in this sexually charged society, which is, is just killing people. Amen? And God says, you've got to have some guardrails because I don't want you in the ditch. I want you to live life. So if you listen this morning with your intellect, with your spirit, and with wisdom, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to get something. Because this, listen to this. If, if more people would, would have the guts to have some guardrails, even in the world, we would have, listen to this, it would, this if we had guardrails in this, it would impact poverty. It would, it would impact the number of people in prisons. It, it, would, it, would, it would prevent thousands of kids trading off every other weekend and going with the parents. I'm not saying that would, I'm not here to judge you, but if we had some guardrails in our lives, less of this stuff would happen. It would, it would even affect health care if we had some guardrails. Come on, I'm being honest with you today. Can I do that? We talk about it, we watch that garbage, but then we come to church like, we can't talk about that in church. Yes, we can. This is the place, in fact, the Scripture says in Hebrew, to keep the marriage bed holy. Because God made, guess what? God made sex. And he made it for the intention inside of marriage. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to judge you. But I want you to hear what's going to be said today, okay? So number one, what no one likes to talk about. The truth about sex. The truth about sex, okay? Again, God made it. He made it to be in, in the bounds of marriage, to be enjoyed. Our society is baiting us and baiting us and baiting us, amen, over the edge, over the edge, over the edge, over the edge. And once we fall for it, they say, I can't believe you call yourself a Christian. You're a pervert. You're a sicko. I can't believe you did that. And yet we're baited by the society that is so sexually charged. And we need God to deliver us from that, Amen. You see, you probably can, you can probably recover from all kinds of disasters. If you have a financial disaster, you can over time work hard, you can get out of that. You can, you can recover from a job disaster, you can get another job. You can recover from an education. If you flunk out of school, you can work hard, take more classes, get, and, and make things happen. You can do things like that. But in this area, when you have a sexual disaster, this is a hard area to recover from. It's really quiet in here, isn't it? Because the enemy knows what it does to us. Because God created intimacy between a man and a woman. I'm not here to judge you, but I'm here to say we need guardrails. Amen? We need guardrails in this area. Now, you know I've talked about this. Number, number letter B, it's, it is, people say, well, it's, it's just all physical. You know, it's just, you know, it's just sex outside. It's just, it's just a thing. It's just physical. No, it's not. I told you this. I've done this before. Now, pretend this piece of paper is your heart. Every time you have an intimate relationship, a sexual relationship with another person, the Bible says that in, in, in the Bible says that man and woman are joined together. And so every time that you have intimate relationship with someone, you tear off a piece of your heart and you give it to them. Every time. Every time you're out there doing that, you have given away your heart so that when you get married, you just have a small piece to give to your spouse. 
Because you have, have a soul tie with all these people that you've had intimate relationships. And God never intended that for to happen. The devil did because he wants to destroy your relationship. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not just sex. You're giving your soul away. Every time you open up yourself to that, it, it's more than physical. It's an emotional, spiritual experience. And you're giving your life away to that, okay? So letter, letter B, it's not purely physical. Letter C, the damage done follows us throughout the lifetime. I mean, I'm not even talking about the possibility of getting an STD, but the emotional drama as a pastor, talking with people, praying with people who have dealt with this stuff. I've never condemned. I'm not here to condemn you. But I'm here to say you can prevent some damage and some drama and some stress if you put up some guardrails. Which, Pastor Shane, I've blown it. Well, you know what? God is a God of restoration. You can start again today and you can put up some new guardrails. Amen? God is not here to condemn you today, but He's here to restore you. He's here, maybe young man, young lady, teenager in your schools. I know that I know the temptations are, are bigger today. And everyone says, you're not cool if you don't do this. They're the ones that are in the ditch. Don't listen to them. Amen? It's your future. It's not their future. Don't listen to them. Amen? Teenagers, don't listen to that, that the lie of the enemy. You see, because the damage done will last throughout your lifetime. Moms and dads, I know this is hard for you, but you've got to know what your kids are watching on TV. You've got to know what they're watching on the Internet. I know it's hard. You've got to know who their friends are hanging out because their friends, I mean, I'm sad to say I learned about, I learned about biology not through school, but I learned about it from my friends in elementary school. I'm 46 years old. Parents, this is not leave it to Beaverland today. Do you understand that you need to know what your kids are doing when you're in bed, when you're upstairs and they're watching TV downstairs, you need to give them some guardrails. Amen? I know some a bunch of teenagers are mad at me now, but I care about you. And I want you to be pure and holy and I want you to enjoy an intimate relationship the way God intended it to be. Amen? I love you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just saying put some new guardrails in your life if you don't, if you don't haven't had them. Here we go. Let's go. Let me read now. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18-20. through 20. Here's what Paul the Apostle is speaking. He's saying this, okay? Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But listen, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Verse 19, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Paul is speaking to a much more sexually charged society. This is bugging me. Can I just get rid of these? I'm just seeing this stuff and I have a hard time with... I'm not, I'm not OCC, but trash on the floor bothers me. Alright, back to the message. So, Paul is speaking to a society of people in, in Corinth. They were, I mean, they, were, they were like hedonistic. Anything went. And so he's bringing these people, they're coming to Christ, and he's saying to them, flee sexual immorality. And he goes through a list and he tells them what it is a little bit. And then he says, he says the same thing. It's not, it's not just physical, it's an emotional, spiritual tie. And he says, flee from it. Okay? So the first thing, letter A, pretty smart, wrote it down. Flee. Flee. Flee from sexual. Flee does not mean skirt. It does not mean flirt near disaster. Flee means what? Turn your back and run away from it. Because in that ditch is a lot of hurt. A lot of pain. A lot of things that you don't want to mess with. Now, again, Pastor said, I've gone over the edge. God can restore you today. God is into, re- into redeeming and restoring you. You've got to decide, I'm going to turn from that because I don't want to live that way anymore. Amen? Listen to me. So, so here it is. Number one, duplicitous standards. If you're married 
If you're married, you want your wife or your spouse to flee from sexual immorality, right? If, if, if you're a parent, you want your kids to flee from sexual immorality, right? If you're a grandparent, you want your, your grandkids to flee. You want your friends to flee. But the problem is, a lot of times with us, is we want everyone else to flee from that, but we don't want to flee from it ourselves. We want to flirt with it. And you see, that's what's called the duplicitous lifestyle. What it's going to do is going to cause you trouble. It's going to cause you lots of pain. And, and, and I'm going to encourage you, just flee from it. Flee from it. Well, I'm, I'm big enough. I'm strong enough. No, you're not. There is story after story after story in the Bible for people that were thought they were strong and they fell. I know people that I started out ministry with, they thought they were strong, but now they're not in ministry today because they flirted with disaster. You know people. Maybe you were in this room. I'm not, I'm here to con- I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm here to say you can start something new. So don't have this duplicitous standard saying, well, I, I expect everyone else to do it, but not me. You need to say, I, I expect myself with God's help to do that. Amen? Let her be baited with sex. Again, our culture, literally, they bait us to the edge more than any area. This is the area, right? Every time you turn on the TV, right? Internet, magazines, you're in the store, you watch the shows and the movies. This, this society is messed up. And you only need to go to the mall, and I'm talking, and I'm going to just take some personal time just to hear, just to talk about this. And you go to some of the stores, and some of the stores that market to the teenage girls, I am, I'm like shocked at some of the stuff that they're marketing to these teenage girls. And Andy Stanley talked about this, and I agree with this, because there's a few of those stores, I'm thinking, my goodness. And, and, and so, he, he even said that what teenage girls are being marketed with today is how hookers dressed 50 years ago. <laughs> Thank you. Someone, some of you are like, some parents are like, Yeah. And you see, everyone agrees, everyone in our society agrees that there is a problem with teenage pregnancy, right? Christians, non-Christians, all agree. And then when a kid gets pregnant, when a girl gets pregnant, we're like, well, she must have come from a bad household. Hello, have you seen what we've been telling her to wear? Have you, been, have you seen the shows that we've been just putting into the boys and girls? Amen? Do you see what I'm saying? We're shocked. Oh, I'm shocked it happened. Why are we shocked when we're marketing this? We're being, we're being brainwashed by this stuff. Amen? Come on. Let's be honest today. Let's be adults today. Let's restore our minds. Amen? Lord, help me to restore myself. And, and, and t- parents, parents, if you don't know this, you've you, you got a cute young girl, you've got to know that cute little girl dressed in that outfit. That's a hormone trap for boys. Because men and boys, teenage men and teenage boys and, teen- and men, we are sight-stimulated first. Okay, women, you are romance and, intim- and all that, but men, we're like, I hate to say it, but we're like sight, you know, bling, whoa. And so when girls wear stuff that are, that are inappropriate, it pumps up the hormones in the boy. I'm just being honest with you. Moms, well, they're selling it at the store. What's wrong with it? it it's, come on. Please, think about other people besides your kids. Can I just be honest with you? Ladies, can I just be honest with you? Sometimes you wear stuff that you shouldn't wear. And you wonder why men are always looking down at you. You know that, you know that saying that people joke, the eyes are up here, man. Come on, mister. The eyes are up here. I'm just being honest with you. I'm being honest with you. If you want to be treated with respect, then dress appropriately. Amen? Men, get control of your eyes. Gouge them out if you need to. 
I'm just, just kidding. Get control of yourself, man. You're not an animal. Our society just tells us you can just do it. You just can't help it. You can help it. Teenage boy, you can help it. Because as a parent, I'm going to help you help yourself with my daughters. You come around my house with the wrong intentions, I'm going to help you have new intentions that are from the Lord. Amen? Because I'm a father, and I love my girls, and I love you. Alright, I'm moving on. Our society baits us to the edge, and then they condemn us when we go over the edge. And church, we've got to stop flirting with that stuff. Amen? Oh, you're an old fuddy-duddy. And, I, and, and you're telling me how to, I'm not telling you how to dress. I'm just saying, let the Lord tell you. Letter Number three, letter A, flee, is we're entertained with affairs. Every one of us is entertained by affairs every day. Even this preacher. Every time I turn on the TV, uh, every time I read, you read books and stuff, that we're always entertained with an affair, right? Come on, right? Every, almost every show, there's an affair. Every TV, every movie you go to, there's an affair. There's inappropriate relationships, Right? And so then when, when a friend of ours or a family member has an affair, we're like, oh, I'm shocked. How did this happen? Garbage in, garbage out. We become what we eat. What we feed our eyes on is what we begin to think about. Are you, are you catching me? And we see it. I mean, listen to it. When's the last time, when's the last time you saw a movie where the intimate scene was between a, a, the married couple? Some of you are like, that's gross. That's like my mom and dad. Ooh, that's, that's gross. But you see, but why? What's wrong with that? You see, the, they market all the other stuff and they, and they entice us with it. They're like, oh, yeah, oh, because they want to bait you to the edge and they want you to fall over. And then they want to condemn you. They want to call you. You see, you're, you're a loser. You can't even keep a marriage or you're a pervert because you're stuck in this, this stuff. You see, number four is culture probably will not change. You can boycott. You can skip movies. Do what you need to do. But you first need to start with yourself. And say, God, help me to put guardrails up. Because I can't tell you. I'm not going to come to your house every day. Nope. You can't wear that today. That's not my job. That's your job. You decide what is appropriate for me to do. What is appropriate? You've got to say, God, help me to put some guardrails in my lives, especially in this area, so that I won't go over the edge because the enemy is baiting us. Change begins with us. Amen? Hey, I love you. Number five is obviously we need guardrails. Culture baits us to the edge of disaster. We must have personal guardrails. Your friends are going to laugh at you. They're going to mock you. But you're going to be one that's safe down the road while they're in the ditch. They're going to, they want to pull you down. And when you're, when you're safe in the world, then you can help them. It's kind of hard to help someone you're in the ditch, right, with them. But you can lift them up when you're on the road. Amen? It's really quiet in this morning. Letter B. Do you not know? Verse 19 says this. He says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He was saying to the believers in Corinth, hey, you didn't know this, but you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you in this room didn't know this, but your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you go, the Holy Spirit is with you. Amen? The believers in the Corinthian church didn't know that, so he told them, hey, 
God lives within you. And so now the Holy Spirit dwells in you. He lives in you because you're, you're holy. You're sacred. Your body is special. Why is it? Do you see what I'm saying? People are attacking your body. Mentally, physically, emotionally. They're trying to scar your body. Why? Because it's a temple. I mean, some of us, our temples are growing, right? It's a growing temple, right? That's just to kind of relieve... You know what I'm saying? But so your body is a temple. God lives in you. So then you hear and say, well, I can do what I want. It's my body. You know what? It's not your body. If you're a Christian, you are not your own. God redeemed you from the pit. He pulled you out of the pit. He cleansed you. He's restoring you. And He said, now you belong to me and you're free. You don't have to go after those passions anymore. Right? He's saying, I freed you from those passions. You no longer have to be, you no longer have to be a slave to your appetite. You no longer have to be a slave to your anger. You no longer have to be a slave to your thought life. You no longer have to be a slave to the regrets of the things you've done in the past. Because you're free in Jesus Christ today. Amen? You see, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. In fact, then He says in Romans chapter 6, I'm going to go ahead and read it. I have time. Romans chapter 6, 11 through 14. He says this, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Verse 12, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to Him as an instrument of righteousness. Verse 14, For sin, listen to this, For sin shall no longer be your master. You should be shouting right now. You should be jumping up with joy. You should be rolling on the floor in excitement. You shall, it shall no longer be your master because you are not under law, you are under grace. God has set you free. You don't have to sneak chocolate bars at nighttime anymore. You don't have to go out back. You know, I'm trying to stop smoking, but I can't stop. God can help you. He can. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just here to say, God can help you. Men, you don't have to stay up late watching that stuff anymore because you're not a slave to that stuff anymore. Amen? Jesus gives us power. Then Titus 2, 11 and 12 says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us, listen, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. So you can say no. Come on, say it with me. No. See? You can say no. I can't help it. I can't help it. It's, I, I just can't help it. Yes, you're not an animal. You're not an amoeba. You are a multifaceted, multi-talented, multifunctional, sentient being who can say no. I can't help it. I, I just can't help it. When I see a girl, like the cartoon, you know. Yes, you can. And you can get help by your friends. Either they can beat you up or you can go to a counselor. Huh, I'm just kidding about the beating up things. Like, right, what kind of church is this? You're not an animal. I just can't help myself, Pastor. Yes, you can. You just need God. You need to say, God, help me. I'm out of control. God says, I will help you. Call on me and I will help you. Amen? God wants to save us from this wicked generation. Isn't this awesome? This is good preaching. Amen? Then, then he says to them, he says, because they're saying, well, how do we get out of this? He says to the Corinthian church, honor God with your body. Honor God with your body. Because you, you, some of us say, well, I don't know where the line is. Where is that line? Am I hot? Am I cold? Am I hot? Am I cold? Where is that line? And, and, and Paul says to them, now, church, here's the line. Honor God with your body. 
That's the litmus test for you and I. That, that if our body, we think, I shouldn't be doing this with my body, then that is the guardrail. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says the, he's saying to the church, honor God with your body. If it gets unclear, use this litmus test. If what I'm doing is dishonoring God, then I should stop doing it. Do you see what I'm saying? If it's dishonoring to God with your body, then don't do it. If it's dishonoring to God when you take your body there, then don't do it. If it's dishonoring to God for you to look at it, then don't do it. If it's dishonoring to God to think about it, then don't do it. Amen? You see, that's your guardrail. That's where some of you have a different guardrail, a little bit close. It's all, there's all that edge, but some of us have different guardrails. And you need to know. You need to know. And you need to say, okay, if, if, would Jesus be doing what I would be doing? Right? In fact, number two, God, number two, that is God is everywhere you go. You see, you've got to determine every day, I will honor God with my body. I don't care what people say about me anymore. I don't care if they call me old-fashioned. I don't care what they say about me. I'm going to determine today I'm going to honor God with my body. Amen? And you've got to think, everywhere I go, God is with me. And you've got to know this. Well, God, He doesn't understand. Yes, He does. Jesus, we talked about this morning, Jesus was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted. But He did not sin. See, being tempted is not a sin. Got that? We're tempted every day. That's not a sin. But it's when we begin to think about it. When we begin to, we get enticed by that bait. So you've got to know, hey, God has been there. Jesus understands what you've gone through. He has been tempted just like you and I. So you've got to say, I'm not going to flirt with disaster. I'm going to flee. God, renew my mind. Put the Word of God. I'm telling you, some of you need to turn off your TV. Some of you need to, to turn off the Internet for a while. And you guys say, you know what, I've got to renew my mind. The Word of God says, renew your mind with this. He will help you, amen? Alright, here's some guardrails, okay? Are you, do, you doing good? I love you. And I'm telling you, man, God has great plans for you. I'm not here to condemn you, young man, young lady, teenagers. God has great plans for your life. Don't let the world sell you a bill of goods that's going to end up you in the ditch. Don't let him do that. I don't care how funny that I, I was a teenager once. I know you find that far enough. They used to make fun of me. They used to laugh at me. Oh, you're just, yeah, yeah. But you know, I saved myself. It can be done. You can do it. Well, I, I already blew it. Then God can start today with a new day. Because God is into restoration. Amen? So this morning, I want to talk about guardrails for, for married couples. And I want to talk about guardrails for single people. But before you go there, there's two things you have to ask yourself, Okay? So, some of you say, Pastor, these might seem extreme. You're like, you're just, I don't know what world you're living in, but no one does this today. Yes, people still do this today. People still have guardrails in these areas. You need, you need to ask yourself two things. You have two things to think about. Number one is, what do you want for the person you're married to or you will marry? What do you want for the person that, you are, that you're married to or you will marry? And if there's duplicity in your lifestyle and you're, you want them to live this way but you don't, then you've got to come to some grips with reality. You can't have it both ways. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know there are some cultures where the men, it's okay to do that, but that's never okay in the Bible. Never. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't have a duplicitous lifestyle. You have to be, we're, we're on the same page. The second thing you have to say is if, is if in a few years down the road, because you had no guardrails and you find yourself in a sexual disaster... And you begin, to, you begin to call out for God. Oh God, let the internet just disappear. Let Facebook and Twitter never work again. You think you'd call out to God? Yes, you would. 
and say, you know what, I need to put some guardrails in my life because I'm heading down the wrong road. And I'm heading for disaster. Are you ready to go? This is a tough message, isn't it? So here we go. You will never regret having guardrails in this area. Number one, letter A. Here we go, 3A. Guardrails for married people, okay? I know this might sound crazy, but don't travel alone with the opposite gender. Don't travel alone with the opposite gender whenever possible. I understand because I, I ride with police officers. Sometimes they have to ride with the opposite gender. Sometimes in the military. Sometimes you have to travel. I understand that. But if at all possible, do your best not to travel alone in a car or an airplane with, with co-workers, members of the opposite. Now, I know sometimes randomly you're on a plane and you're there and all of a sudden a male or a woman sits next to you can't have that. But I'm talking about co-workers and people that you can get drawn to. Just be careful, okay? Just be careful. Are you, are you following me? Just protect yourself. If, if you have to do it because of work and you're forced to, just, just put some guardrails up. Because this is, this is one of the ways the enemy entices us and he draws us in because of the proximity of that person. Number two, don't eat alone with the opposite gender. If you're married, don't eat alone with single people that are of the opposite gender by yourself. Now, sometimes you have to. I understand that because that's just... But I'm just saying this is, this is a guardrail that I have personally in my life. Now, there's a couple times when, when uh, a missionary has come, this young, this, this young lady, Reagan Glugos, she came and, I, was, and, and, and we, I took her to Rotary and it was just her and I in the car, but it was a group of people. I called my wife and said, Hun, I'm in the car. I'm going to take Reagan Glugos over here. And, and so she understood that. So sometimes it just happens. But don't make a habit of it. You see what I'm saying? Well, Pastor Sanders, it's my job. I have to meet with clients. This is part of it. Then set up some guardrails to protect yourself. I understand that. I know some of you work in sales. You work in industry where you have to meet with people and it's part of a lunch deal or a dinner deal. Just set some guardrails, okay? Because this is probably the number one area is when you begin to have a meal with a single person of the opposite gender, this is probably the most common entryway to begin an affair. Come on, I'm just being honest with you. Right? Just be careful. Set some guardrails up. Number, number three, this, this is Andy Stanley's, and I can, I can understand this, is don't hire cute members of the opposite gender because you want to help them. So you go, what? Could be a man or a woman. Come on, lighten up a little bit. Don't hire her or him because they're cute. And they need help. Well, Pastor, that's not very compassionate. What's wrong with you? Put some guardrails up. Hire people because you need them. Right? Alright, I'll move on. That, didn't, that one went over like a, like a lead balloon. Number four. Don't confide in or counsel with members of the opposite gender. Don't confide in or counsel members of the, of the opposite gender. Don't do it because you're setting yourself up for trouble. Oh, Pastor, my goodness. Why not? Because you are, you're lowering your guard now. And you're beginning to have an emotional tie now. And this also is one of the other areas that people fall into affairs. You, how about, my goodness, pastor? And, and specifically, if they say this, no one ever understood me like you. You need to run. It sounds like a bad movie, doesn't it? In fact, if you saw it in the movie, you just knew where it was going to go, right? Come on. Come on, right? We're adults here. Don't confide in and don't counsel with people. Well, they need help. They, they, they need help, but they don't need you. If they need help, get them help. Find another person of the same gender to meet with them. Well, no one understands them. Yes, someone understands them and it's not you. Married people, 
when that cute young thing comes in, oh, I just need some help, and I just, you know, you're the only one who understands me. You're like, whoa, time out, you need to leave my office. <laughs> Here's the name of a counselor. They can help you. I'm not a professional counselor. Unless you're a professional counselor, that's what you do. You need to say, this isn't working. You're, that's not very compassionate, Pastor. No, I'm being compassionate to help you set up guardrails to protect your marriage and to protect their future marriage if they plan to get married. You see what I'm saying? Because listen, friends, I personally, I personally, when someone in the church, a, 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 a female wants to meet with me, and I'm not saying it because I'm good or, or they're bad, I'm just saying I, don't, I never meet with a female three times about one specific topic. After three times of me meeting with that person and I can't give them biblical counseling, I just say, that's it. And I, and I always do now. I say, here's a professional counselor. They're Christian counselors. Call these people. These are, they're really good. Not because I'm an animal. Not because they're a bad person. Because I just know the devil wants to cause problems there. And so some of you say, Pastor, you're not very compassionate. I just am compassionate because I care for my marriage and I care for your relationships too. And you see, here's why. Because I have seen counselors and pastors that I know that are no longer in the ministry or no longer counseling because they thought they were the only ones that understood that person. And they fell for those lines. Be careful. Set up some guardrails. Amen? Watch out. Number five. Here's a fifth guardrail. When you feel your heart or desire drifting towards a specific person, tell someone. When you feel your heart or desire drifting towards a specific person, tell someone. If you feel yourself getting attached to them, I'm not saying, hey, they're a cool person, but if you begin to start thinking about, hey, what would it be like if I had a relationship, then you need to say, you need to say, whoa, I need to find an accountability partner. Start with a, if you're a male, start with a male first. If you're a woman, find a woman. And then down the road, you'll probably tell your spouse, but find somebody to say, hey, man, I don't know what's going on, but I'm beginning to have these feelings that I shouldn't have for this person, and I'm married. You know why you need to do that? Because that person hopefully will help, help you be accountable. And that's why I'm trying to get us as a church to stop sitting in rows and start sitting in circles. Life groups so we can be real with one another. That we can protect one another. We can care for one another. Amen? Men and women, I love you so much, but when you feel yourself drifting, talk to someone. Talk to someone of the same gender. Say, I, 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 I might be out there, but I, see, I want you to know so you'll, you can help me protect myself from myself. Amen? Number six, number six, your spouse, if you're married, your spouse needs to know your guardrails. They need to know because if you want to protect your marriage, they need to know so they can call you on it. They need to know because they're, they're going to call you because once you tell them, then you know in the back of your mind, oops, I can't cross that guardrail. You see what I'm saying? It's self-protection. So you've got to tell your spouse your guardrails. You doing good? I love you. This is good stuff, Amen. All right, letter B, single people. Again, as I said earlier, here it is, ready? Just gouge out your eyes with a spoon. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Okay, here the first one is this. The first one is this. Treat married people like you would want your marriage treated. So if you're going to get married someday and you work with married people, you treat them the way you're going to want to be treated or you're going to want your spouse to be treated. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? Don't put yourself in a situation where you're traveling on a business trip and you're having drinks one night, which you shouldn't be drinking alcohol anyway at late at night. You're having all of a sudden dinner with a coworker late at night. 
And then it turns into coffee, and then you start working more, and you start like working late together. You need to say, I'm going to treat that person like I would want my married person when I get married to be treated. Does that make sense? Come on, are you, you hear what I'm saying? You see, because when you're married, you don't want some single cute thing or some ripped dude tripping around your spouse at work. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I knew some dude was hitting on my wife, I'd be hitting on that dude. And I'm not talking about flirting. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so if you want that respect for your marriage, then you need to do that same for the married people you work with, single people. Amen? Don't deceive yourself. Move away from disaster. Number, number two, no sleepovers. Eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds have sleepovers. Adults... Well, it was just late at night and it was snowing. You know, come on, man. Come on. I'm 46 years old. I got married when I was 28. Come on now. Don't deceive yourself. Because what happens with adults, their guards go down. Kids are kids. They have no idea. They're just kids. But you're an adult and your hormones are raging. Just guard yourself. Make up in your mind. Say, my boyfriend or my girlfriend's never going to sleep over. You've got to set that line. You've got to say, this is the guard. They'll never sleep over. You're just protecting yourself from a haunting, lots of haunting regrets. You understand what I'm saying? I know this sounds old-fashioned, but you're just protecting yourself. Amen? The last one on, on for single people, there's a lot more, but I just want to give you these three. Number three is if date equals sex, if date equals sex, then take a break for a year. I know a lot of, a lot of the dates, it passes not even a date if there's not sex. Come on, you know. If, if date equals sex, you need to take a break for a year. Come on, you need to renew, refresh your mind. Because it's embarrassing when you go to the store, right? If date equals sex and you see someone you dated. If date equals sex, take a year off. Renew your mind, renew your spirit. Because not only will this protect you from STDs, and not only will it protect you from from giving your heart away, it will protect your future marriage. Are you doing good? Letter C on this is stay the course. Stay the course. You won't be sorry. I know society's going to mock us. I know they're going to make fun of you. They're going to just say you're 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 just you're just too good for us. Yo, know, you just think you're better. And you just say no. These are guardrails because I want to have a good marriage someday. You know one of the secrets to having a great marriage is is exclusivity. Meaning, in other words, your spouse understands that you're the only one for them. And they're the only one for them. Because if, if they can't trust you, you're not going to have a good marriage. If you can't trust them, you're not going to have a good marriage. Your husband, your future wife needs to know that you're the only one. And God wills will help you protect yourself. Amen? If you want an awesome marriage one day, and what's going to fuel your intimacy is saying, He's the only one. She's the only one. I'm not condemning you if, you, if you've been married and, and, and you're struggling or you've, your ex-spouse was, was a, a loser. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just saying from this point on, set some guardrails up. Amen? Your friends and your culture are, around us are going to make fun of us. But you're setting yourself up for a great life if you set some guardrails up. Amen? Because again, it's your future. It's not their future. Remember I talked about that? It's like fools don't care. People in the ditch, they don't care about your future. They just want you in the ditch with them. 
Oh, come on, it's fun. Oh, don't. It's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Set us in guardrails. Amen? Let's heed the Word of God. Let's heed what Paul says. Let's flee sexual morality. Because listen to me, man. Listen, friends. God made sexual intimacy. That was His plan. If sex is the fire, God made the matches. He made it. I mean, and then, of course, there's more to relationship in a marriage than just sex. There's a lot to it. But I'm telling you, if you set up some guardrails in your life, God will 